You're listening to the Grace Covenant East Lincoln Audio Podcast. Today, this weekend, we're going to launch into our newest teaching series. Um, We're beginning a three-week series in an Old Testament book that is very small, and let me go ahead and tell you, very challenging to find because it only exists, consists of three chapters. Uh, The book is the book of Habakkuk, and the series title is Hope in the Dark. Um, uh, We're going to find that as we walk through this study, the story of Habakkuk, that Habakkuk... Um, encourages us as believers that we are to wait on the Lord and to expect that He will indeed, listen to this, work all things out for good. Let me say that again. Habakkuk is going to show us, we're encouraged by Habakkuk, that we are to wait on the Lord and anticipate that He is working a plan, it's His best plan, and that He is going to work All things out for good. Um, As we look to Habakkuk, uh, Habakkuk reminds us that there's no place that's too dark. There's no wall that's too thick for God to penetrate by His grace in a powerful, life-affirming, life-giving way. And I don't know about you, but I'm really glad of that because I have determined that life is not short on dark places and thick walls. Do you agree with me on that? Life is not short on dark places and thick walls. For instance, hope is needed when a family pulls up roots and moves cross country because dad finally got his dream job, the job that he had always wanted. And A setback comes when uh, just months after onboarding at the new company, the company collapses, bankruptcy, and suddenly dad is without a job. That's a setback, and suddenly it seems very dark. And hope is needed when adversity comes through an unexpected medical diagnosis or uh, the adversity of dealing with the dysfunction, uh, painful turmoil in, in family situations. Um, uh, when those situations arise, we can feel like um, it's just so dark, uh, and, and adversity has a way of... Um, shielding the light and robbing the presence of hope. Hope is needed. And, and hope is needed when um, every day at work is a challenge because when you go to work, you know you're going to have to face that difficult boss. And you you feel like, I just can't do this anymore. But you know there's nothing that you can really do about the situation because you need the income. You can't quit. And so you feel trapped. You feel like you're in a deep, dark tunnel and there's no way of escape. Hope is needed in the darkness. Um, Setbacks, adversity... um, Difficulties are never welcomed. Am I right? I don't think anybody says bring it on. Uh, they're, they're, they're never welcomed, but the deal is they're common to life. And the real challenge isn't the setback. 
It's not the adversity. It's not the difficulty. The real challenge is how we deal with the setback, how we deal with the adversity, how we deal with uh, the, the difficult time in life. Um, painful trials are fertile ground for seeds of doubt. Let me say that again. Painful trials are fertile ground for seeds of doubt. But rather than feeding the doubt, uh, we need to embrace and wrestle with the struggle and stand in confident faith in God that God will indeed work all things out for good. And interestingly enough, this is exactly what Habakkuk is going to teach us. As we work through the book of Habakkuk, Habakkuk is going to teach us that we need to wrestle with, we need to embrace the struggle. In fact, it's interesting, but Habakkuk's name, you know what it means? It means wrestle and embrace. We're in for it for the next three weeks, right? Because Habakkuk means wrestle and embrace. Listen, when we find ourselves facing setbacks, adversity, difficulty, when we find ourselves in those painful situations of life, when we find ourselves in situations that we don't understand and those situations cause us to second guess, uh, to suddenly everything that we thought we knew about God, everything that we thought we understood about God doesn't make sense. Instead of giving into doubt, This is what Habakkuk is going to teach us, that we need to wrestle with and embrace the struggle and stand confident in faith. And here's why. It's all part of the process. When we find ourselves in difficult times, we pursue God in the struggle, and that's how we grow. I know we say this a lot, but we don't typically grow a whole lot when everything's going really good, do we? But when struggle comes, what happens? We pull into God. We recognize we need God, and so we begin to grow. So uh, let me just ask, so what's this story about? What's the, what's the story of Habakkuk? And let me give you a little context. Um, we actually know very little about Habakkuk himself uh, beyond the two mentions of his name in his book, the book that he has written. Um, in those two mentions, he mentions his name. When he mentions his name, he refers to himself as Habakkuk the prophet. So from that, we know that Habakkuk is a, a professional prophet, or I would rather say it this way, that he is a prophet of God. He is appointed by God. Um, we can also assume, from as we read through the book, that Habakkuk was involved in the worship of, the, uh, uh, of God at the temple. And the reason we can make that assumption is by the closing psalm-like phrase in the book of Habakkuk, which says, For the choir director on my stringed instruments. Listen to this. This is interesting. Habakkuk is the only Old Testament prophecy that throughout the entirety of the book, and again, it's only three chapters, but throughout the entirety of the book, it is a conversation between Habakkuk and God. It's a conversation between man and God throughout the whole book. Because typically, when you read through the Old Testament prophets and the prophecies, what you found is the prophet was declaring God's message to the people. 
But not so in Habakkuk. It is a continuous conversation between God and Habakkuk. Um, the, the book of Habakkuk was believed to have been written somewhere around 606 B.C., and it was directed to a world that in the eyes of God's people, that world seemed to be on the brink of disaster. Um, uh, Habakkuk was um, a very frustrated prophet, much like Jonah. Remember Jonah? when Jonah was very upset. He was frustrated with what was going on, and he was frustrated with how God was handling it. And the same is true uh, of Habakkuk. He, he's a frustrated prophet. He's frustrated by all the evil doings that are going on among his own people, the people of Judah. And he's frustrated with how God uh, is um, seemingly silent, or how God would let the mess continue. Um, but unlike Jonah, Habakkuk, instead of running like Jonah did, takes his frustration and he turns it into um, prayer and then praise. And it makes an incredible difference. Um, because uh, this is true, because of his frustrations, um, we're going to see that Habakkuk was not, uh, he wasn't afraid to question God. Um, but not only was he willing to question God, but Habakkuk realized that when we question God, then we're supposed to step back and wait and listen for God to speak. And that's what happens in the story of Habakkuk. Um, Habakkuk asks questions of God. He actually demands uh, some, some uh, information of God. But then he steps back and he waits and God speaks. But when God speaks, Habakkuk finds himself more frustrated because he doesn't like what God says. Habakkuk is uh, frustrated because of all of the evil in the world. And God says, well, I'm going to take care of the evil uh, because I'm going to use the godless Babylonians to bring judgment against your people, the people of Judah, my people. And when Habakkuk hears this, he doesn't like that. That doesn't sound like justice to him. And so he continues to question God. God, why are you so strangely silent? Why are you acting so uh, with such injustice? Um, but then he, again, he takes that frustration and he turns it into prayer and he turns it into praise. He doesn't run like Jonah did. Let me ask you, have you ever felt like running when times got tough? Yeah, I see visibly through the room. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yesterday. <laughs> Do you want to tell us about this? Um, I will confess along with you that there have been times in my life when some really difficult times we found ourselves in some really difficult times, and not always, but in some of those times, I just wanted to run. I wanted to get away from the situation. And I confess that there were times when difficult situations would arise, and I found myself questioning, why, God? Why? Why is this happening? And I confess that there were times in those difficult situations that I was disappointed. I was disappointed in how God was or seemingly was not handling the situations. And so it took me into this cycle of questioning, why God, why, why is this happening? And this is an accurate portrayal of Habakkuk. 
Habakkuk, what we're going to learn is Habakkuk was initially a man who had a problem with God. Have you ever had a problem with God? I have. I'm not afraid to admit that. God's not going to strike me dead. He already knew it. Habakkuk had a problem with God. That's why it's so applicable to us, because there are times where when we're honest with ourselves, we have a problem with God. What was Habakkuk's problem? So I want you to take your Bibles, and I want you to turn to the book of Habakkuk. This is a test. You can look in the index. Um, It's after the book of Nahum, and it's before the book of Zephaniah, as if that would help you. Remember, it's just a little three chapters lost somewhere. But you look, it's kind of close to the New Testament. Uh, <laughs> yeah, what page is that? 927 in my Bible. Some of you are looking in the index right now. That's totally acceptable. I want to read to you the first four vor- verses, and we're going to find out what his problem was, problem with God. Beginning in verse 1, it says, The oracle that Habakkuk the prophet received. How long, O Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen? Or cry out to you, violence, but you do not save. Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrong? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounds. Therefore, the law is paralyzed and justice never prevails. The wicked, him and the righteous, so the justice is perverted. There are three problems that we can identify that seemingly Habakkuk had with God. And the first is this. God, you don't really seem to care. God, you don't really seem to care. Verse 2, it says, How long, Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen? Or cry out to you, violence, but you do not save. Does this ever sound like conversation you would have with God? <laughs> I love your honesty in this room. <laughs> I'm so thankful I'm not alone. Does it sound familiar? Have you ever found yourself saying, why God? Why is it that when I call out to you, it seems like you are not listening? And why is it that when every day I tell you about my situation and how bad it is, you don't rescue me? Why, God? Why? Have you ever found yourself in the darkness and thought, God, you don't really seem to care about my situation? That was his first problem, and I think it's a problem that sometimes we can relate to. The second problem that it seems that Habakkuk had is, God, you aren't doing much when you could. You aren't doing much when you could. Verse 3 says, why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounds. Let me ask again, does this sound like familiar conversation? Have you ever found yourself saying, God, I know you see what's going on around me. I know that your eyes can see. God, if you're the all-powerful God, then why aren't you doing something about this mess that you've put me in? I mean, that's sometimes our honest conversation. We know God didn't put us there. But when we're frustrated, when we're disappointed, when we're looking for answers, we're willing to blame it on anybody, right? 
God, why is it that you aren't doing something? Why am I in this mess? If you really don't want me to live like this, then why aren't you doing something about it? Because I know you could, if only you would. I know you could, God. Have you ever found yourself in the darkness and thought, God, I'm a little disappointed. I thought more of you. I thought you were capable of more. What's up, God? Why are you ignoring me? Are you on vacation or what? Have you turned a deaf ear to me? I know, God, that you could do more. Here's the third problem it seems that he had. God, what you are doing doesn't seem fair. What you are doing doesn't seem fair. Verse 4, therefore the law is paralyzed and justice never prevails the wicked him and the righteous, so that justice is perverted. Let me ask you one more time. Does this sound like familiar conversation? Have you ever said, God, this really isn't fair. This situation that I am in just isn't fair. God, I work really hard at trying to be a good Christian. And I know I'm not perfect, but I think I'm doing pretty good. And this is my reward? What's up with this, God? God, it's not fair because when I look at the liars and the cheats all around me, they get all the breaks. And God, if you're the one giving them all the breaks, then it really isn't fair. God, this is not fair. My situation is not fair. Is it okay to question God? The answer is yes. The answer is yes. It's okay to questioning God. Questioning God is part of the process as we wrestle through and we embrace the situation, seeking Him for guidance and for help. Honest questions, sincere doubts, and deep hurts can bring us closer to God than we ever imagined. I'm going to say it again. Our greatest times of growth are in the most painful times of our life. Two years ago, when I was diagnosed with heart failure, which, thank God, does not exist in any way today, um, I questioned God. And it was in that time of questioning and wrestling and embracing that situation that I didn't want to hear about, Cammie and I together, that we drew closer to God than we could ever have imagined. Because suddenly we realized that what was going on in my physical body and in our lives was something that we had, we were powerless really to do anything about. And so we had to pull in, we had to cling to God. And I found myself, we found ourselves growing exponentially because we were forced to trust God. If you consider the book of Psalms, one third of the Psalms are prayers or songs of people hurting and questioning God. In fact, I want to read one of those to you if you would like. You could turn to Psalm chapter 6. Much easier to find than Habakkuk. And I want to read beginning in verse 2 uh, through verse 7. Psalm 6. Be merciful to me, Lord, for I am faint. O Lord, heal me, for my bones are in agony. My soul is in anguish. How long, O Lord, how long? Turn, O Lord, and deliver me. Save me because of your unfailing love. No one remembers you when he is dead. Who praises you from the grave? 
I am worn out from groaning. All night long I flood my bed with weeping and drench my couch with tears. My eyes grow weak with sorrow. They fail because of my foes. Does that sound like a person that was in agony? Yeah. But they were also calling out to God. Asking questions, wrestling with and embracing the situations. When we consider Job, Lamentations, Ecclesiastes, Jeremiah, they're all filled with expressions of uh, the confusion and the pain of faithful believers. Uh, So we've asked the question, is it okay to question God? And we've said yes. Uh, The problem occurs is that um, I don't think that we really have a problem questioning God. But oftentimes when we question God, what we fail to do is we question, but we don't stop and listen for the answer. And again, that's what Habakkuk is teaching us. Habakkuk questioned God, but then he stepped back and he waited and he listened and God spoke. And we're to do the same. If we're going to question God, sometimes it's question, 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 question. I want an answer. I want an answer. I want an answer. But we just won't stop talking long enough to hear God. And I think sometimes God said, if you would just settle down, just clip it up for a few minutes. Give me a little time. I want to speak. So we step back and we listen. And that's exactly what Habakkuk did. I want to read you uh, God's response when um, Habakkuk stepped back to listen. Uh, beginning in verse 5, God speaks and he says, Look at the nations and watch, uh, and watch and be utterly amazed, for I am going to do something in your days that you would not believe, even if you were told. And I imagine as Habakkuk's here, and he's going, Oh, goody, this is going to be good. God has listened and he's working. And then God on, goes on to say, I am raising up the Babylonians, that ruthless and impetuous people who sweep across the whole earth to seize dwelling places not their own. They are feared and dreaded people. They are a law to themselves and promote their own honor. Their horses are swifter than leopards, fiercer than wolves at dusk. Their cavalry gallops headlong. Their horsemen come along from afar. They fly like a vulture swooping to devour all that they come. Uh, they come. They all come bent on violence. Their hordes advance like a desert wind and gather prisoners like the sand. I want to go ahead and tell you that was not the answer that Habakkuk wanted to hear. If, if you read on past verse 9, you'll find that it started a whole new cycle of Habakkuk questioning God. Because Habakkuk was frustrated by the evil, godless acts of his own people. And now here's what God's saying. I'm going to use the godless Babylonians to bring justice. And Habakkuk just can't line all of that up. How can you bring justice when these people are so evil? But here's what we need to learn from God's response. There are three things that we need to learn. God is always at work. And God is always working out a greater plan. God is always at work and God is always working out a greater plan. Habakkuk really didn't agree with God's plan. He did not feel that God had chosen the best plan. I think oftentimes when God reveals himself to us and he tells us what the plan is, we don't like it. God, I don't, I don't like that one. 
Is there a choice B or C? Let me say this. Just because we don't agree or we don't like the plan that God is choosing to work, it does not invalidate His plan. And it does not invalidate the fact that God is working out the best plan because God knows what He's doing. God knows everything. God sees the bigger picture. And it may not make sense to us, but it's perfectly clear to God. He knows what He's doing. He will always work out the greater plan and the best plan. Here's the second thing that we learn. God is always just in His actions. God is always just in His actions. Habakkuk couldn't understand how God could bring justice against a godless people by using godless people. But listen, the very nature of God is that He is a just God. He can't work against His nature. So when God works, He will always be just in His actions. And again, even though we don't understand it, it doesn't invalidate His plan or His justice. God knows what He's doing. Ours is to be obedient to the plan. That's what really matters. We trust Him, even when we don't understand, even when it doesn't seem fair. Finally, God is more concerned about our growth and development than our happiness. That's a hard, that's a hard pill to swallow, isn't it? But God, I thought you just wanted me to be happy all the time. And he says, no, no. I want you to grow. I want you to be spiritually formed. I know I say this often, and I'm going to continue to say it. Our goal in life as believers to become fully devoted followers of Christ is to become like the Father. And we do that by imitating the life of Jesus. It's about spiritual formation. It's not just about being happy all the time. Spiritual formation requires wrestling and embracing the difficult situations of life. That's a lot of it. We are to engage in spiritual formation, spiritual growth at all times in our life. You know, we've all heard it said, God will never put more on you than you can handle. Can I tell you that's not true? But it's in the Bible. No, it's not. God will at times put more on you than you can handle. And here's why. He wants you to learn. He wants me to learn that we have to completely depend on him. There are situations that we just can't take care of in our own strength. And we're forced to depend on Him. He will put more on us than we can handle, but He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. By the power of the Holy Spirit working in us, God will walk with us and He'll walk us through the situation. We do read in the Bible, there is no trial, there is no temptation that has taken us, but such is common in command. But God will, with the temptation, make a way of escape. God will always, He will always walk with us. We just have to depend on Him. Here's what I want to leave you with this morning. As fully devoted followers of Christ, it is possible, it's even necessary to wrestle with honest questions and embrace a genuine faith in God. Uh, we can wrestle through doubt and still stand confidently in our faith in God. And here's what we learn from this. In crisis, we can be confident that God's plan for our life 
is greater than our present circumstances. Whatever circumstance you're in right now, it doesn't mean that's God's plan. It means God is working out His plan for your life. He hasn't finished yet. And He may have allowed you to be in a very challenging situation because He wants to form you spiritually and and develop your character. Remember, it's not about happiness. God is at work to bring good even when we can't see it. Even when we can't see it, God is working out a plan to bring good. And finally, you can embrace the struggle and doubt while fully trusting God. You, you, can, you can be in a struggle and you can have questions and there can even be doubt. And at the same time, you can be uh, walking in confident faith. God, I don't understand all this. I don't understand the situation. And I confess it doesn't look fair. And I have a lot of questions, but I have faith that you have a greater plan and you are working it out. And so I'm going to settle in. And I'm going to wait and I'm going to listen while I'm embracing this struggle. I will wrestle through it. As you can tell, the study of Habakkuk is going to be pretty good, right? He's got a lot to teach us. Um, We want you to be able to carry the study of Habakkuk with you throughout the week. In your worship guide, uh, you should have found something that looks like this. And you're going to find this in over the next two weekends as well. One of the things that I'd like to ask you to do is that if you would read through the book of Habakkuk maybe a couple of times this week, just begin to to look at what is God speaking. And then um, I would encourage you to take this. This is a a devotional that was written by Pastor Farrell with some questions. And you can incorporate this into your daily devotional uh, and and grow from the book of Habakkuk. Next week, there'll be a devotional from me. And then the third week, there'll be one from Pastor Sam DeBrotka. And each week, you'll find some questions that you can incorporate into your devotional life and and just be in sync in the study of of Habakkuk. But here's what I want to say today. God is aware of your situation and he is working out a plan and it's a good plan and you can stand confident in faith. Would you stand? I want to pray for you after service. There's going to be prayer teams here available. If you have something that you need someone to just agree with you in in, in prayer about. Uh, But for now, let me just pray. Father God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for your presence in this place. Thank you for an awesome time of worship. And in a time in the Word, Lord, we're just enriched. We're, we're growing um, through the book of Habakkuk already, Father God. There's power in your Word. And so, Father God, I pray that as we go, you would continue to work this message in us because it's your message. And um, as we go this week, Lord, I just speak a blessing over this people. And I ask that you bless them in every way, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, physically, and financially. Provide all that's needed. And I pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. God bless you and have an incredibly great holiday weekend. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.